Hello, and welcome to The View from the Ninian. I'm Scott Salter, and what a week it's been. Cardiff City beat Southampton 1-0 last weekend, and it's been great walking around with our heads held high, knowing that the Bluebirds finally found their feet in the Premier League. That's three home wins in a row now for the Bluebirds, but we're still without that elusive away win. We go to Watford this weekend, uh, who are without a win in six, and have their own injury problems, so it's a great opportunity for the Bluebirds to finally finally pick up that first away win. We're looking forward to the game today with David Walker. David is a Watford fan. He's also the football editor of Talk Sports. We have a really interesting chat to him about, about the club, about Javi Garcia and, and how he's breaking the mould of, of Watford managers. What's gone wrong this season in terms of uh, you know the last six games, six games without a win, it's not great for Watford. But first, we get the Cardiff City point of view. Beth Phillips, you've seen her on BT Sport, you've read her stuff on View from Indian, and she's here with me to discuss Cardiff City versus Watford. Enjoy. Beth and Phillips, hello. Hi Scott, how are you doing? Very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not, not bad, thanks. Not bad. Good, good. Obviously, it's been a great week. Uh, another City win at home against Southampton. Um, you were at the game, Beth. I saw you. Uh, that sounded creepy, but you sat very near me, so I, I saw you there. Um, what did you make? <laughs> what did you make of the game? It's the orange hat, I should say. <laughs> I was wearing, I was wearing, wearing the orange hat. I said I wouldn't wear it again because I wore it and we lost. But uh, you know, we won. Um, I was, I was gutted on a personal level because. I had missed the Wolves game. I had to go up to to Lancashire. We we overtook Burnley in in the league table, but I heard a lot about that game. So to go to Southampton again, another really exciting home game to be there and ultimately get the three points at home, third win at home on the trot. It was uh, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I feel your pain slightly with that one. I've missed two home games so far this season and that was Brighton and Wolves so uh, oh. <laughs> it, it was nice nice to finally get a home win I mean one of the things that struck me the most and, and you might have had your own observations was was that the team at A are growing in confidence um, mm-hmm. but Neil Warnock seems to have settled on a system and a side and that's really making a difference and, and we're finding our feet in the Premier League Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've really thought that midfield has been our strong point, particularly on those wings. And perhaps you'll agree with me here that I was really surprised that we didn't get uh, two. I mean, two goals in the first half. Everything seemed to be on point, uh, apart from the finish. Uh, Josh Murphy, I think he took one too many t- touches with with his chance. But you're completely right. It was it was a team full of confidence. And it just seemed to click everything apart from getting uh, the ball in in the back of the net. So I was I was really pleased. Yeah, I mean, going into half time, um, I was I was fairly worried, and because at this level, you know, you don't mm-hmm. get that many chances, and we had three or four really good chances. The Josh Murphy one, um, yeah, Harry Arter probably should have scored one that that volley quite quite near to goal where he just kind of didn't really make the right connection and it just fell into the keeper's hands and I thought is it going to be one of those days where where we're dominating the game and we're creating the chances but we're just not converting them and Southampton are going to go at the other end and a bit of a sucker punch and and, and snatch a win but it didn't go that way and we continued um, in the second half to, to dominate the game and to continue to just 
look like yeah. such a threat. You know, like you said, on both wings, on midfield. I thought it made a real difference getting Camarasa back in the centre of the pitch alongside Arthur and Gunnarsson and allowing um, Mendes Lang and, and, and Murphy to to sort of penetrate the wings and having Camarasa there to, to take charge of the centre and get on the ball really made a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to touch first and foremost on, you know, we've been there um, on those days where the chances have been there. Look, just look at Burnley. I've mentioned my uncle twice in this <laughs> in this uh, piece here. But against Burnley, we dominated. And unfortunately, Sam Vokes, of all people, he is a legend, but just not in that game. <laughs> um, just clinical. So that was in my mind going into half time. Like you said, it was really nervous. Um, but you're completely right. Camarasa can pick out a pass. Harry Arter can pick out a pass. And I've got to say, I was really thrilled for Mendes Lang because I was gutted for him when he, um, you know, when he got injured against Huddersfield. He had a really good season last season. But what's been really positive is that he's come back. He wants to be fighting for his place and. Oh, he had a corker of a shot. It was really unlucky that that didn't go in. But yeah, it was. I thought he, was, I thought he's brilliant. So yeah, and it has that that another element to the uh, to the wing play. And I think we be, we became slightly too reliant in in a few games on Josh Murphy and also had Kadeem mm-hmm. Harris and Junior Hullet as well, who have done both have done okay in in sort of spurts. And obviously Hullet's won the goal and uh, Harris against Fulham. Um, but we've been too reliant on Murphy and having Mendes Lang on that other wing gives gives the opposition defenders a nightmare in terms of pace and trickery on, on both sides of the pitch. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's really good. You've, you've mentioned four players there that each have pace, trickery. You know, it's good having a range of players to be able to uh, not rely on, but to, to give a chance. They're all fighting for their place. And I, I think as well, you know, we, we probably got to say that it, it's so ironic that the win against Southampton was the most non-Cardiff City way of winning. We've spoken about uh, the games that we should have won and we, you know, we converted, we, we got a lot of chances and then the other team comes and finishes. And actually, in the end, we can, we, we had a lot of chances but it was a Southampton era that gifted us the most random uh, and, and most, uh, when we were watching it live, the most slow motion of uh, yeah. of goals. Um, so it, it was really bizarre. I think it shows a lot of character that, yes, we didn't convert chances as we would have liked to, but we capitalised on the most important chance of the match and we came away with three points. So, you know, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, like you said, it was... It was a really bizarre goal in that I think Warnock came out and said 99% of referees would have given a free kick. And I yep. think I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd almost looked away because I thought it was a free kick. Because only when I kind of heard people get a bit excited, I looked back up and suddenly uh, Patterson was stood in front of the goalie just about to take his shot. I mean, it was it was a bizarre goal. And like I said, it was in slow motion. And, but it was a great way to, to cap off cap off the win. On, on Patterson, I mean, last week's podcast, I spoke to... Uh, ben James and we were talking about mm-hmm. Patterson and we say he's, he's Ben said he's done really well and you know you can't fault Patterson for his dedication his commitment and how he's how he's played up front considering he's a defender or, or developed you know growing up as a defender um, mm. but in the last couple of games he's probably looked like a defender up front but on Saturday at home in front of the you know the Cardiff City Stadium supporters he was fantastic wasn't he challenged for every ball got that goal and you can't help but applaud him. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think actually, you know, you've mentioned there that he's grown up as a defender and a lot of uh, solo strikers, they need to hold the ball up well. And actually, I think his experience of growing up as a defender is actually benefiting him and us uh, in, you know, in, in his ability to hold up the ball. He, he goes for every ball. And uh, again, I think not just Patterson here, but I think... Every City player so far this season has really played for the badge, for the club, for the fans. Uh, and Walnock is very quick to praise that. I mean, his, uh, let's be honest, his uh, post-match press conferences are pretty consistent. Oh, I couldn't be more proud of the boys. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> every game it it's is like a proud granddad. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. But, you know, you're completely right. Um, I think Callum Patterson, on his own, does certainly deserve a great deal of credit um, his celebrations are my, my favourite aspect I've got to be honest but um, <laughs> you know Im- imagine having the composure to slide that ball in the net and then you know do, do a dance at the end and uh, it's just it's fantastic he, he goes down very well with fans and he's he's got a lot of uh, ability in, in terms of his holder play and uh, he's, he's proven a lot of people people wrong so it's great he is yeah obviously uh, tomorrow on Saturday sorry we, we travel away to Watford mm-hmm. Um our away form has not been the best this year. You know, we're without a win. Um, I think we've only picked up one point. What's going wrong? What do we need to change? Well, I, I think first and foremost, um, Scott Johnson, our fellow view from the Ninian uh, contributor, has, has said quite rightly, actually, that home form is very different to away form. And, we, you know, there's a lot of people that go to the home games, uh, myself included. I don't go to as many away games as I'd like. There is a complete contrast between home games and away. Uh, we've got a fantastic set of travelling fans, of course, but it, it is, it's a very intimidating atmosphere. Every every home ground that we are going to as an away team in the Premier League, it, it, it's very difficult. I think it's a confidence issue, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. I think it, against West Ham in the first half, uh, we, we did well. We, we did very well, actually. We... Um, held the ball up well and West Ham didn't seem to get in into their stride and then all of a sudden again we've men- mentioned the clinical nature of the Premier League they miss a penalty second half in 11 minutes they get two goals so I think it's it's the confidence and for me personally I went, I went to the Huddersfield match yes it was um, one of the first few games of the season but I really think we should have come away with three points there and I, I guess it's, it's it's a mentality issue that we uh, hopefully need to try and, and break. And I guess we just got to pick up points where we can. Let's make the home home ground a fortress, yeah. but also keep a strong mentality, keep the mentality that we really are building at Cardiff City um, and, and get points away where we can. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there in the, you know, in the Premier League, uh, in any league, of course, but the Premier League, you've got to pick up the points at home you've got to win those games and make the home uh, picture stadium a fortress and particularly you know a new promoted club whatever we can pick up on the road mm-hmm. is almost a bonus in a sense yeah so, yeah de- I know, agree um, I, I read uh, Scott's article when I was, I was going to pick up on that and one of his points was particularly that Cardiff are too timid away from home mm-hmm. and which which surprised me slightly but I understood I understood exactly what he meant um you know, we all think of Cardiff and Neil Warnock, Neil Warnock's Cardiff in particular as aggressive, um, 
aggressive in a good sense not not uh, yeah yeah not course, violent yeah. Uh, you know <laughs> aggressive the proactive the like to press the energetic um well, i think scott's right in the sense that we're perhaps perhaps not too timid but perhaps showing teams too much respect when we go to their stadiums and we're not getting in their face as much as as we do at home and we're not um we're not pressing as much and we're almost mm-hmm. playing to to try and you know not concede rather than try and win a game um, yeah, and I, I think it's also important to mention that so far we've been to Liverpool away, we've been to Spurs away, Chelsea away. Those are, I mean, they are difficult away days. And yeah. certainly, you know, Callum Patterson came came home with that uh, fantastic um, goal and, and, and broke uh, Liverpool's, uh, you know, clean sheet record at home. Mm-hmm. But uh, we, we've not had, um, you know, the easiest of away games and of course I should really kind of point out as you said this is the Premier League no no game is easy no home game is easy or away game but we've certainly had some real tests and I think that's why Watford uh, on, on Saturday I think let's learn from our mistakes at West Ham we lost composure and uh, as we both said um, uh, to kind of say what Scott as uh, Scott Johnson has said as well we are quite timid away from home. Let's learn from mistakes as we have done consistently throughout the season. Now let's try and learn from mistakes away from home, keep our composure. And like you said, I completely agree with you that any point uh, on the road is a bonus. So, you know, let, let's let's try and do that. Yeah, and Saturday's a great opportunity for us to pick up a point or, or possibly three Watford after a great start to the season. They're without a win in the last six games. Um, and they've got a few injuries as well. Um, I spoke to, to David Walker, who's a Watford fan. Uh, that's coming up later in the podcast. But he was telling me about a few of the injury problems that they've got. Um, Etchin Kapuwe out, Andre Gray, Will Hughes. Um, you know, they've only got one striker, Troy Deeney, fit at the moment. So, yeah. you know, it's a great opportunity to for Cardiff to take advantage of that. Um, where yeah. do you think yeah. the key sort of elements of the game will be, Beth? How, where do you think it'll be won and lost? Well, first and foremost, I have to be honest, I did jump for joy when I saw... I never like to see a player injured, I should really state that. But um, when I saw the team news for Watford, uh, I, I thought, oh, right, fantastic. Come on, this, this is our chance now. Um, now, it, it is a tight, tight pitch at Watford. I was speaking with um, someone uh, with the Anfield rap today and he made a very uh, good point, Neil Atkinson. He, he said, it's, it's a small pitch, it's a small ground is Watford. It's like... A, a, a typical championship ground, if you see what I mean, the atmosphere. So I think we are going to be up against it. You said that Watford haven't had uh, the greatest um, spell of late. They, they'll be wanting to go for the three points and they'll be seeing us as an opportunity to get three points. Uh, so I, I think really it's about keeping composure defensively and Callum Patterson doing, doing what he does best, uh, you know, hold, hold the ball up. But for me, midfield has really dominated our success so far this okay. season. The perfect ball, um, but we need we need to be clinical. We need to have that perfect ball with someone converting or at least um, you know on on target. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I think it's going to be uh, a cracking game. I think it'll be a cracking atmosphere as well. And fingers crossed, we will be happy at the end. Yeah, and you mentioned there um, what Neil from the Anfield Rap said about it being a a small uh, stadium, almost like a championship stadium. And 
that might actually play into our favour a bit. It might be when we're going away to, like you mentioned, Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs, some of these bigger stadiums that we get almost overall and intimidated, perhaps mm-hmm. go into a championship-style stadium, which is obviously what uh, a lot of the players are used to and what we, you know, we were obviously very successful in the championship last year. That might be playing to our favour a bit. Yeah, I think I think I think you're right there. You know, I think Neil did mention that earlier, and I haven't really thought thought about that. But it, it, completely, we you know we we'll, we we'll see what happens. It will certainly be something that we're more used to. Not to say that um, Watford will not go for it, of course. But um, but uh, again, we mustn't give the away team too much respect. We've earned our place in the Premier League. We are proving our critics wrong. Yes, predominantly at home. But why not? Why not get a few, you know, make make a few upsets away from home uh, this season? I I reckon we could. We just got to have the confidence and composure to uh, to, to do that. Yeah, looking forward to the game, Beth. What's your score prediction? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I think I'm going to go for a one-one draw. Okay. Callum Patterson on the score sheet. You you hear it here first, right? If it's one one, yes, Callum yeah. Patterson on the score sheet. You hear it here first. What what of interest? What what what's yours? Well, it's funny you say that. My I actually went uh, saw my dad on the weekend, and and he said he said you know I was listening to the podcast, and he said you never give your score prediction. You always <laughs> you always ask other people. Uh, hey, so, shout shout out to Scott's dad. There we yeah, are. I've asked yeah. him the question. <laughs> Go on, uh, Scott. What, what is I, it? I think we're going to nick it. I think it's going to be a one nil away from away win for Cardiff. Oh, I like that. that yeah, yeah that, I do like the sound of that, actually. We've both gone for one goal. Um, I've gone for conceding one, but we'll tell you what, if we score one, I'd be happy. But do you know what? I think I think you've gone for a good shout there. So, Scott's dad, again, you hear it here first. If uh, if Scott's called it, then thanks to Scott's, Scott's dad for encouraging him uh, to go for a score prediction. <laughs> well, Beth, thank you for joining us. Where can, uh, where can people find you online on Twitter? Oh, my handle is um, bestphil underscore. <laughs> so, Perfect. you know. Uh... Perfect. Well, thank you for joining us. Fingers crossed uh, three points or at least a point on Saturday for the City. I like being right, but I hope you are right. Come <laughs> on. Thanks, Beth. <laughs> Thanks. Joining me today to give the Watford view ahead of the weekend's game is David Cameron Walker. David's the football editor at TalkSport and a Watford fan. David, how's it going? Very good, Scott. Yourself? Yes, good. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today. No problem. Perfect. So, obviously, it'd be good to get get a Watford view ahead of um, the weekend's game. I want to talk to you quickly about um, Javi Garcia, your manager. He, started, he signed a new four-and-a-half-year contract uh, at the end of November um, I want to hear your thoughts about him. Obviously, Watford in recent times have been fairly notorious at um, changing managers. Um, you know, a few probably harshly as well. I'm sure you'd agree. Um, so, what's been different about him to get a new long-term contract? He's obviously done things differently at the club. He, I think, perhaps more than any of our recent managers, has really bought into what the Pozzo family are trying to do at Watford. He, he does seem to be at the moment, the perfect fit, really. All the managers that we've got rid of in the last few years, for for whatever reason, very different reasons, things have at times been promising, but then sort of fallen apart. There's been personal fallouts, there's been sort of 
problems with the language in Mazzari, problems with the players, and none of the, the situations were perfect, and it was kind of like relatively amicable separations for, for all of the managers that left over the last four years. Yeah. Um, but Gracia, from day one when he came in, I think he really understands that he's just there to coach the team. He's not there to sign players to be a an old-school manager in the traditional British British sense, sense of things. You know, probably mm-hmm. very opposite, very, the very opposite, I suppose, to someone like Neil Warnock. Um, and, I mean, first and foremost as well, he's got us playing really well. He he had a pre-season mm-hmm. um, after coming in last season, halfway through the season, picking up the pieces from a bit of a bad situation that Marco Silva left him. And I think the, the fact that he was able to sort of carry on from one season to the next was a massive help in our good start. And he seems to have engendered a real positive team spirit. Everyone seems to be on the same page, despite the fact that the form has, has tailed off recently. We're not infighting we're not, not panicking like we have done in recent seasons when that's happened we're still positive we're still playing well the fans are behind him he, and he's a nice bloke i think he's really really enamored himself to the supporters just by his mannerism his sort of appreciation for them and really seems to be enjoying himself in watford and that's all resulted in, in him getting the deal will he see out the four and a half years mm-hmm. probably not whether he you know he'll either go on to better things or Something will happen, and he'll yeah. and he'll leave Watford. It's 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 rare that any manager sees out their the, the full length of their contract, but uh, at the moment, it's so far so good. Mm-hmm. When you say he he buys into um, what the is it the Pozo family is that the owners Pozo family yeah Pozo family they're trying to do. I mean, it's it's a fairly unique situation that Watford find themselves in, isn't it, in terms of the owners and because they also own Udinese and Granada as well. Is that right? Yeah, they they own Udinese. They actually don't own Granada anymore. They they sold that to a Chinese uh, firm, I think, a few years ago. But they they still have a good relationship with Granada. Um, and yeah, they you know when they took us over, you remember a few what four, five, six years ago now. Um, there was the influx of loan players from yeah. from Udinese, and there was a big hoo ha about it. Ian Holloway was very upset about it at the time. We all remember. Um, <laughs> But what we've what we've seen since then is that Watford are now the the jewel in the crown of the Pozzo Empire. We are the main club that they buy players for, and we, we're not tending to, you know, some of our players now go on loan to to Udinese and, and other clubs rather than it being the other way around. But I mean, they they do things differently in a way because they've they've got such a a vast scouting network, um, and it's unearthed a lot of gems over the years. Alexis Sanchez being the the main example of someone they plucked from obscurity as a young player in Chile uh, mm-hmm. and took him to Udinese, went on to Barcelona, Arsenal, Manchester United. Uh, the latest example being Richarlison, who they signed from, I think it was Fluminese, yeah. um, fairly unremarkable player in Brazil. He looked promising, he looked good, but he, there was no one saying he was going to be the new Neymar. Um, but Watford saw something in him and within 12 months we're selling him for 50 million to to Everton so that's what they do they look for young talent around the world in places where probably not many other teams are looking and they get them in and they go and sell they sell them on that's the model but it's one that can work for you I think as as you've seen Udinese got into the Champions League at one stage Watford are in their fourth season in the Premier League looking okay at the moment the goal the stated aim of, of the club is to be the best of the rest, is to finish seventh. 
get into Europe. And there's no reason why they can't do that. If they, uh, if only they'd start scoring a few more goals, we might have a bit more chance of doing it this season. Edson Richarlison there, um, obviously he, in terms of on the playing field, he was the big loss in the summer, perhaps not financially and obviously fitted in with the with the philosophy of the club. Um, as fans, you must have been really delighted to start the season with such a bang after after losing him. Obviously, it was, was it four wins from the first four games you had this year? Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it was a great start to the season. Uh, losing Richarlison was a disappointment because when, whenever you're a good player is sold to another club, you're, you're sad to see him go. But, you know, even before the Potsos, Watford have always been, have been a selling club and so is basically every other club outside the top six, even some of those in the top six, you know, when there's always a bigger a bigger fish will come along and steal their best players. That's part of that's part of football. But he was a really good player for us last season, but he actually tailed off. His form in the second half of last season was was not very good. He couldn't score a goal for love nor money. Uh, he couldn't get in the team towards the end of the season. Uh, and we, we finished the season with Roberto Pereira playing out wide left in what was Richarlison's position and that was a bit of a sign of of things to come because Pereira was the star man for us in the, in the start of this season the, the the player that inspired really that four game winning streak at the start of the season and he was scoring goals making goals uh, he's a top top player he's he's tailed off a little bit in recent weeks he hasn't quite been as productive as he as he was but I, I mentioned earlier about the the pre-season and I think I just you can't underestimate how important that was yeah for for for, our, for us to have a, some a con, some continuity from from one season to the next, we we didn't make uh, enormous numbers of signings this summer. We made a few few additions here and there, so there was there was a relative amount of of continuity from from last season to this season. And everyone bought into what the manager was trying to do. He's a very shrewd coach. Um, gets the players working very hard. He's very good tactically. Uh, had a good reputation in Spain for being someone that could go to the big clubs. And if not always get results, certainly push the likes of Barcelona and Real Madrid out of their comfort zone. Uh, and that's what he was doing at the start of this season. That's what we're still doing. But the, as I mentioned, the, the goals have dried up a little bit. The strikers are not scoring uh, like they were earlier in the season. So that's why at the moment we're, we're without a win in seven games, I think it is now. Yeah, I, mean, but I suppose looking at the season as a whole um, so far, you're sat in 12th. 21 points from 16 games I don't think you're looking at the table now you're, you're outside of the sort of relegation dog fight you've got to be pretty pleased with how, how it's gone yeah I mean look, the ever pessimistic bunch that we are well, a few of us are looking over our shoulders and thinking oh if we lose to Cardiff this weekend then that suddenly that seven point gap comes a bit smaller and maybe we are going to get dragged in but no I think Actually, we've never really we've been lucky, Touchwood, over the last four, three seasons before this that we've we've never actually been in the thick of a relegation battle. We've 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 been approaching it a few times, but we've always managed to keep our heads above water. Uh, And I think worst comes to worst, we'll do the same this season. But really, we we want more. As as with any mid-table Premier League club, you've got to be careful what you wish for. But we we do want more. We don't just want to exist in in that middle part of the table, winning games and then not winning games for a month and then winning another one. You know, you want to push on, you want to put runs together. And we, we do want to try and finish seventh, like the club want to finish seventh. And if you look at the teams above us, West Ham, Wolves, Leicester, Bournemouth, Everton, there there isn't a lot between us. Some of those clubs, Everton in particular, got Wolves, got a lot of money to spend, got some very impressive players. But 
on our day, we're, we're capable of beating those teams. And, and it's establishing that consistency for, for a team like Watford is, is, is the key to really pushing on. At every, every point, uh, every season, the last three seasons, there's been a point where we thought this could be it. We could kick on here. We could finish in a European place. And we've always fallen short for, for a number of different reasons. And I, and I hope that this season doesn't follow that pattern. I'm looking forward to the weekend, David. Um, who are the players that Cardiff should watch out for? Well, we've got a few injuries actually, um, which might be good news for for Cardiff. Um, we have got we're going to be without Andre Gray, Will Hughes, uh, and Etienne Capou, who's suspended. Now Capou, I would have said, would be one of the players to watch because he's had an excellent season so far. I think he's gone a little bit under the radar. Uh, his midfield partner, Decor- Abdullah Decore, tends to get the headlines and and all the uh, the transfer rumours. But Capou has actually been probably our best player pound for pound this season but he, he misses out due to the red card he got against Leicester so really you're looking at Roberto Pereira as being our main sort of attacking attacking threat uh, Abdullah Decore as I mentioned has been a bit up and down this season but still one of our best players still a player that I think will probably be the next player off the production line and will move on to a, to a bigger club for, for big money he's scored twice in the last two games so he's rediscovered some of his goal-scoring form from, from last season. Um, Nathaniel Chalabar continues to work his way back from injury. was out for a year with a really serious uh, injury, dislocated his kneecap. But he, he's, looked, he's looked a bit rusty, as you would expect, uh, for a player that had that sort of injury. But he's, he's back in the team and on his day is one hell of a player. Hopefully he'll get over that injury and go on to have the career that we all sort of thought he was going to have at the start of last season he's been in the England team since um, but yeah I suppose I mean Pereira and Decore are the two big ones but I wish I could say you should be fearful of one of our strikers but Troy Deeney <laughs> who you know about um, obviously nearly joined Cardiff in the summer yes, yeah. um, is our main man the, the talisman the target man but hasn't really got his shooting boots and scoring boots on at the moment it would fit, fit the perfect storyline wouldn't it if uh, he scores the winner against Cardiff on Saturday after that uh, rumour transfer in the summer. Yeah, I mean, I think it actually did come quite close at one stage, as far as I understand, to to, to potentially leaving the club. But there's there's been rumours of, of dealing leaving the club pretty much every summer since you've been up in the Premier League. But he always stays. He always gets a new contract. He's obviously <laughs> got a smart agent. Uh, and we love him. I mean, he continues to be the beating heart of the club, really. He's, he's a Watford legend in, in every sense of the word. Uh, and he is still a, a, an excellent player he's he's not a 20 goal a season striker i don't think he ever will be certainly not at this stage in his career but if you play the right way and when he's up for it when he's really on his game he is a real handful to play against and he is a good finisher he can score with his head with his feet takes a good penalty so there's every reason to believe that hopefully he will have a good game for us against Cardiff. I think I think Cardiff are probably a team that he'll relish playing, to be honest. A bit of rough and tumble with the centre-backs, he'll be right up his street. Yeah, it'll certainly be an interesting battle between him and Sean Morrison and, and Sol Bamba. Um, have you seen much of Cardiff this year? I mean, if you have, what do you make of, of us and the team and how we're playing? I, have, I haven't actually seen you in person this season. Um, I've obviously seen the highlights and, and seen bits and bobs. I mean, I, I've, been, I was in, I've been interested to see players playing out of position uh, to, to, to someone who's watching from a distance. So you've got Patterson playing up front, who yes, I believe yeah. is a defender, right? Uh, Sol Bamba's been playing midfield, hasn't he, at some, some points in the season? 
he started um, the first which, game in, in yeah. sort of defensive mid. Um, I think that was more due to um, due to injuries, and he, he sort of slotted back in at centre half now, and and, and yeah. is doing doing well. But Patterson's been obviously the interesting one, signed as a right back from Hearts. Um, I think Warnock pretty early on into his Cardiff career looked at Patterson, and, and he came out publicly and said he can't defend. So he moved, <laughs> as only Warnock could, I suppose. He moved him into midfield. He was our top goal scorer last year. Um, but I think if you'd asked any Cardiff fan that we'd be going into December with Callum Patterson as, um, I think, as our top goal scorer again, but as our number one striker, we would have probably been worried, but um, surprised as well. But you know, he's, he's done fantastic, and we're a physical yeah. team. We all know that, um, and, yeah. and he thrives on that sort of physical game up front. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I think we'll bring in a striker in January, but for now, yeah. he's certainly doing more than than filling the gap. He, he's sort of excelling. Well, I saw you. I did see you a few times last season in the flesh. I, I was actually at the game against Wolves um, where you missed the two penalties in injury time. Uh, and I was at the game against Millwall, uh, I think, in December, January time. Mm-hmm. It was a hell of a game. Um, and, and it seems to me that you've not really changed a lot since then. Obviously, you brought in some players in the summer, but, you, you know, it was, you're still a very much a, a Neil Warnock team. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems that maybe you're starting to find your feet a little bit in the Premier League now because you look like you did have a tough start and as as we all do people were pegging Cardiff for relegation mm-hmm. after the first couple of games which is always a bit of a foolish thing to do really when there's so much football to be played but it does seem that you're, you're getting to grips with it a bit more and I, I certainly don't expect an easy game uh, on Saturday Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there we, we started poorly I think there's an element of, of almost nerves to the to the side, particularly in the first game against Bournemouth away. And they had a bit of a, a torrid run where we had Man City, Arsenal, um, Chelsea and Spurs. And we did better than the scoreline suggests, to be fair. Um, but we definitely found our feet and Warnock seems to have settled on a, a system and the players are growing in confidence. And, you know, particularly at, at home, it's three wins in a row at home. And, you know, that's where you've got to win the games to, to stay mm-hmm. up. But we're still without or win away from home and so it'll be interesting if that comes this weekend but it's, it's a tough yeah. place to well, go hopefully not yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what, what's your score prediction David? Uh, I'm going to be positive about this one I think Watford are going to win 3-1 okay, well, well uh, obviously from a Cardiff point of view hopefully not but um, but listen David thanks for joining us where can we find you on uh, on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter it's the slightly clumsily uh, titled at D underscore C underscore W. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks for joining us, David, and uh, enjoy the game on the weekend. Nice one. Good luck, guys. Thank you for listening to View from the Ninian. We're for fans, by fans. You can catch more content like this at viewfromtheninian.com. And let us know what you think. We're on Facebook and on Twitter. Come on, City!